Hey guys, I'm Riathan, a player on the Earthen Ring server. You're listening to the Lorecast, a podcast that talks about lore and roleplay in the world of Warcraft. Be sure to visit www.lorecast.org and visit their Twitter and Facebook at twitter.com slash erlorecast and facebook.com slash lorecast. Thank you for listening and enjoy the following episode. For the Alliance. It's good to see you again. Pull up a chair by the hearth. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Lorecast. This is Flashcast 7. I'm Ari, one of your co-hosts. And our I'm other, Kanta. Our other co-host is Kanta. I'm, the, I'm like the it. hostess with the mostest. You're the hostess. You are I'm... a chocolate cream pie. And what? today... <laughs> today, what does that mean? I don't even know. You said hostess. Oh. So I thought of candy and dessert. But okay, all right, I'll I'll go with that. I suppose. If you were a food, what would you be? I think I would be a pizza. <laughs> then definitely, you're not the hostess with the most. How about you? Are. I would probably be some kind of form of chocolate dessert for sure. It w- it wouldn't be rich dark chocolate cake, would it? It might actually be. <laughs> All right, so we're already off topic. We are so good at this. Guys, today we're going to talk about one of the most recognizable characters in the World of Warcraft universe and other Blizzard games. Who's that? Jaina Proudmoore. Who? She's come up a lot in recent in-game events, too, so there's plenty of new material theories and speculation to talk about, but we're going to kick it off with her background. Here she is, where she's come from, and how she was before the destruction of Theramore. Yes, she has quite a bit of history to her. She is currently a character in multiple Blizzard-based games, World of Warcraft, Warcraft 3, uh, Heroes of the Storm, and Hearthstone at this time. So she has quite a bit of uh, just positioning in the Blizzard universe. But her original background takes place in the Warcraft universe. So going all the way back to Warcraft 3, where she was brought up as this special agent of the Karen Tor. She was trained by, I believe it was, uh, and I, I'm going to butcher this name so much. Yeah, it's the name of, yeah, it's, it's the name that's on her staff. Yes, um, it's her staff that she currently uses, but she comes from Kulturas. Her father was an admiral. Um, she just has so much going on for her. Her One of her first introductions we have with her is actually with Arthas in Warcraft 3. And she's helping battle the Scourge up in the northern Lordaeron lands. Um, so she's come a long way from the mage that we once all knew and loved that refused to kill the innocent people of Stratholm to now wanting to pretty much kill and decimate every single horde life there is. It's such a huge change. Mm-hmm. A, it- a, no, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> it's a huge change, because you're right. She she kind of was introduced on the scene as somebody who, who would kind of always do the right thing, no matter how hard it was, yeah. to ensure the victory and survival of innocent people. I mean, she, she sacrificed her father. Yes, that was, uh, that was probably one of the largest turning points of Jaina in the, her early life as a character was standing up against her father and fighting alongside Thrall, Rexar, and a lot of the Horde allies that you play as in the uh, in the Frozen Throne Horde campaign. 
um, when they're first building Orgrimmar, believe it or not. Um, another large changing point for Jaina in general was actually the destruction of Theramore when Garrosh and the uh, Blood Elves and Goblins dropped the Mana Bomb atop of Theramore. Which was effectively the WoW version of Hiroshima or Nagasaki. Absolutely. It was a nuclear war uh, method, honestly, with the remains of Theramore still being how they are. And uh, the lives they took in such, I would say, almost terrible, terrible way of arcane radiation, of her picking up her gnomish companion friend and her just falling to dust of all the lives that were lost in Theramore to one of her longest standing allies, Payne, the night elf who was basically her bodyguard for almost the whole career of World of Warcraft up until the events before Mista Pindaria. Yeah, right now we're describing what was prose written by Christy Golden in the novel Tides of War that right after the mana bomb hit and Jaina returned to Theramore, it was decimated. Yeah, it was that gone. Was, that was right after the um, fall of Deathwing, too, was right after all these events. So after a war that was pretty much uh, tearing the world apart, here we have another war that, I mean, was mostly due to the mistakes of the... Um, I wouldn't even say it was the Horde's fault initially, because um, up until the time before Deathwing, everything was peaceful. But because of... Uh, the cultists, the Twilight cultists, a lot of them posed as Horde, and a lot of them were orcs. So that's what kind of led to the turmoil in one step after another, and bam, you have a mana bomb going off in your backyard. Literally, she was right there in Theramore yeah. when it happened. She barely survived. And when she returned, she found, as you said, those ashen, almost statues of people. Yeah. And so, so I, I think Blizzard, what they were really trying to do it was kind of hearken to sort of the, the horrid aftermath right after Hiroshima and yeah. Nagasaki where in, in real life when, the, when, those, when those bombs dropped shadows of people were left cast against the walls they where were. they were not to they, mention they evaporated oh, they were just gone not to mention another major character was actually killed off in Theramore as well Ronin it's true yes Ronin was killed in Theramore and that led to Jaina becoming the, the leader of the Kirin Tor I'm going to step up back a little second though and talk a little bit more about her background. Yes. Kent, I'm going to ask you this question. What sure. made her sacrifice her own father, her own blood, towards a group that at that point she really didn't have strong ties to? I mean, for the most part, I think it had to do with wanting to give uh, Thrall and his people an opportunity to live on their own. Um, I believe what had happened is there was a kind of stop war after the events of Warcraft 3. So right after the events of the Third War, this is what started happening. So we had the events of um, Archimon having tried to take the World Tree down, the Alliance, the Horde, and that them, the Night Elves, which were kind of their own faction, fought against Archimon and took them down. So after that time, we kind of had this moment in peace. So the Horde were still trying to find their own land. And because Jaina had come across the ocean to um, Kalimdor in the first place, she kind of saw, like, hey, I do think these orcs and their people do need a land of their own, especially now that they're out of the eastern kingdoms, out of the major human uh, colonies. We kind of had all that going on. 
Uh, so they were making their own plays. Thrall had Rexar running around, and Rexar had come across multiple human assassins that were on Durator. Um, so being on um, Kalimdor still, Jaina was like, all right, let's go look into it, and thus started to find out that it was more of her own people, um, the, you know, people called Taras. Uh, her, her father was not having any of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dalen, Dalen Proudmore was very much against, you know, the, the orcs as well. He was veteran of multiple human and orc wars and was one of the, it, it is the largest uh, alliance navy capital, even though we haven't heard from them since the events of Warcraft 3. But, I mean, you know, she loved her father, she loved her nation, but because of what she had gone through and had helped with the Horde, we kind of had this whole thing where she actually, the Horde gained ships uh, from mercenaries, goblins at the time, and pretty much told her own troops to stand down while Theramore, or I'm sorry, while uh, Theramore was attacked. Yeah, because Theramore was originally just a Kaltaras base. And later she opened it up and made it alliance-friendly to kind of Absolutely. be the place. It was the big port on Kalimdor yeah. for so, Alliance. Right so, it, Right now they don't have one, aside yeah. from Feather, Feathermoon. Yeah, um, and even still, Feathermoon is on the opposite side of Kalimdor. Exactly. So, I don't think that Darnassus really counts. You have um, well, um, Darnassus, Lutheran Village, uh, but it's still not quite It's a still port. in ruins, yeah. Exactly. It's still in a lot of issues because they had the, both the flooding and the... Uh, they had to cut a lot of roots of corruption that was uh, due to um, the, the nightmare, actually. Yeah, so really, Kalimdor, she allowed Theramore to be, uh, to be attacked in order to solve this conflict. She yep. threw a lot of risk up there, really. I mean, she, she just threw her father to the wolves, took a huge risk, but it did pay off. The orcs were able to establish their own land, their own settlement with Orgrimmar, yep. which really is what makes it so interesting because she also ended up sowing some of the eventual seeds that led to Theramore's demise Yep, and to where she is right now. I mean, her last words to her father was literally, why didn't you listen? I mean, how do you... That's a lot to live with. If that's your last words to your dying father after you helped kind of, you know, bury his grave of why you didn't listen... I mean, yeah. regardless of the position you take on that, that's going to weigh heavy on your shoulders for a long time. She sacrificed so much for the Horde, for Thrall, you know, and everything like that. And, I mean, for a long time after that, Theramore and Durtar um, remained at peace because of Thrall and Jaina. A, yes. There wasn't a lot of war despite them being so close to each other. Theramore really was that symbolic representation of peace. I mean, she was able to, as you said, maintain that peace. Primarily it was because Thrall and Jaina, by that moment, were really close. Thrall earned a, a tremendous amount of respect for her in what she did. Um, and he really regarded her as just singular among humans. There's also that she looked like somebody whom he once knew, but, you know, we'll have a Thrall podcast maybe at some point to talk about stuff like that. But speaking of her relationships, though, she actually has quite a few important relationships. There's we're just going to quickly outline them and we'll talk about them. But there's obviously Thrall. Yep. Um, Caligos, which is yes. actually her current, current romantic. Yeah, current lover. Uh, Arthas, former lover, no longer of the living. They were um, they were kind of like uh, teenage sweethearts 
for the most part. I mean, yeah, they were they definitely the high school sweetheart kind of thing. Yeah, Kale Thos, he deserves a mention, and uh, Anduin. I mean, Jaina kind of led him along. Yeah, for a second, she. So let, let's. I guess we should go in order. I mean, she. Yeah. she knew she knew Kalthos and Arthas around the same time. Yes, because uh, Silvermoon was actually allied with the Alliance once upon a time ago. Yes, once upon a Things change in World of Warcraft. Oh, Characters, places, places, alliances. So they were training with Antonidas. Arthas wasn't training because he's not a mage, but she was training with Antonidas, and, and that's how she came to new Kalthos, who kind of developed a little bit of a crush on her, but he was a lot older. Mm-hmm. She was a teenager. He was several centuries old, so... Talk about robbing the cradle. But by this point, she had only already developed affection for Arthas. And she didn't quite have that same affection for Kael'thas. She definitely respected the guy. Yes. But she also caught on that he had some intrinsic character flaws. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a blood elf. It's a, oh, <laughs> the bias. Well, I mean, Kael'thas, as you know, kind of became obsessed with power and that ultimately became yeah. his downfall classic villain's story. She kind of picked up on some of that early, didn't quite reciprocate his crush. Yeah. And that's and that's fine. I mean, it's really, she, she knew that he loved her. And, and, you know, thought he was a, a great mage in his own right, but kind of didn't want to, didn't want to pursue that road. No. Um, if we're talking about relationships, I mean... I would almost assume that Varian and Jaina probably had, not probably a relationship at the time, but they knew each other for a long time, too. That's actually a good point. I mentioned Anduin, but Varian would definitely be someone whom the relationship changed over time, too. I could, honestly, if it wasn't for the events of Theramore, I could have almost seen Jaina and Varian having become a thing, simply for the fact that they had a lot of like-mindedness. Varian cooled off over the years as king. And with Anduin, you know, being so close to Jaina as well, I mean, con- I mean, considered he, she considered him her nephew. But in all honesty, I mean, they were close at one point. They could have almost been a thing. Here's the fun speculation. I mean, they, they could have. I mean, definitely they, they worked together. They survived wars together. And initially they did not see eye to eye in, in what they wanted to do, especially in regards to the Horde. But you're right, Varian totally cooled off over the years, largely due to Jaina, but also largely due to his son. Mostly due to his son. It's, but it's his son too. was influenced by Jaina. And then so she... She was that common denominator there when it came to cooling off tensions with the Horde. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of, ever since the events of Theramore, has gone polar opposite. Completely. That's And that's really why we're trying to talk about the Jaina that was. So it kind of gives you context of, of where she's been, yes, what she's done, but also kind of what happened to her. Mm-hmm. I guess a couple other relationships. Arthas, yeah, that was the high school love. Obviously didn't end well. I mean, obviously. <laughs> yeah, but one thing, and this is super important, especially in, in light of what she ends up doing later, when Arthas called Stratholm, when Stratholm, when it looked like it was about to be infected by the plague, and he just went in there and killed everybody. This is an actual in-game event that you can do in the Caverns of Time. Instead of standing with him, once again, Jaina made the harder choice, like throwing her father to the wolves in order to, ins- to really basically throw in her, her lot with it, with a group of orcs that she didn't know too well, but she knew she thought it was the right thing. Even though she loved Arthas, even though she stood by him up until this moment, she sided with Uther when it came to mm-hmm. calling Stratholme. She didn't want to 
take innocent lives. She did not. And it's, it, I mean, at that time, you kind of see the Alliance's renouncement from, uh, you know, being part with the Silver Hand because of it, Uther's actions, or actually lack of actions, uh, if it was worded by Arthas. Um, I mean, and then moving on, you know, shortly after that, I think Jane and Uther actually returned to Stratholme after Arthas finished it. I think they may have that that particular that, they event. They did. They did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but from then on, I mean, Arthas fell. Because um, he, he truly fell. Yeah. After the events of Stratholm, Arthas left for Northrend, but Jaina and Uther returned to Stratholm, and that's when they were actually met by Medivh. Oh, Medivh. Yes. I think we should do a podcast on him sometime. Talk yeah, we absolutely could, especially with the stuff that might be occurring for uh, for Karazhan next expansion. Yeah, with Karazhan back and Khadgar playing a huge role, Medivh is going to keep coming up. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I guess, oh, so I guess so Arthas obviously that relationship ended she also was instrumental in helping you well instrument I mean she conjured a blizzard and asked you to lead him into it okay maybe not in that particular instance but she you, you she did help you take down Arthas she followed that one through her current oh Thrall we forgot about Thrall we forgot about well we were getting the Thrall we yeah. were still talking about oh, Arthas jump Arthas to is Calico's. a huge part and then we gotta go into Calico still too yeah we got so much about Dana. Dana out the bazoo. <laughs> oh no, the the impressions are starting. So, <laughs> and Jaina, he came to really respect her after she sacrificed her father, allowed the orcs to settle in Orgamar. Um, that was really repaid. That debt was kind of repaid with his respect and sort of a friendship that grew from that. Yeah, they were always able to talk things out. They actually were known for meeting between Orgamar and Theramar, not for a romantic tryst, as some shippers might ask her. Kind of hope for, but more just to kind of talk about the respective factions that they were leading. She certainly wasn't leading the alliance, but she always had the ear of Varian Wren. And if yeah. not Varian, she had the ear of Anduin. Oh yeah, definitely Anduin especially. Um, I mean, Thrall and Jaina were more of a um, a work relationship than anything. I mean, it, as much people begged for Blizzard to become a thing, and people begging for it to be the opposite it never did happen in which case it's probably a good thing I mean Thrall ended up with Draka um, no Agra Agra oh Draka's her mother yeah I know ah, that's ew. ew no this is not Game of Thrones okay <laughs> but yeah she, he ended up with Agra and Jaina actually cried um, yeah I think Jaina was not, happy not, yeah, no, yeah, cried in tears of joy. Sorry, oh, for a second, I almost started that ship for. <laughs> no, she didn't cry because she was disappointed. She cried because she was happy that her friend found someone mm-hmm. to live with for the rest of his life. But yeah, I mean, not to focus on Jaina's love life for the entirety of this podcast. Yeah, maybe we'll just like talk about Caligos for 10 seconds. Yeah, so, They're currently a thing. We don't know where it's going to go. Yes. So, I mean, there you go. I mean, we don't know where it's going to go, especially with the events taking place in Dalaran. Um, but as far as um, like what's going on with Jaina now, we'll talk about that in a future podcast. Um, hint, hint. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> meaning probably next Flashcast episode. So stay tuned next week for that one. But in the meantime, yeah, um, because Jaina's just so much we can't. We yeah, Jaina. Honestly. 
in I, I asked the listeners to prove me wrong, but I honestly do think Jaina has probably one of the longest Wildpedia profiles in the in on the site. I mean, Thrall and Arthas are probably one of the two that probably have a longer one. Varian Wren might have a good one as well. I don't think it would be as long because True. Varian I mean I feel like as far as his character comes, yes, he does have a lot of background to it, but it's very short. He No, I could actually say that because I'm thinking of it now. He's an important character and that's immediately why I suggested it, but yeah. he's not been in the game yeah. or in the other games as long or as much as yeah. Jaina has. I mean, he was talked about in the comics, he was referred to uh, from Villanilla to Burning Crusade and then he came back up. He had books about him, but I just don't think the deafness or the you know the word for it the um, complexity the complexity depth, of the character the depthness, of Jaina versus depth. huh <laughs> what sorry making fun of you no stop making fun of me oh no you're right though Jaina has had a longer history yeah. or, or articles longer yeah so check it out see see if there's other long articles these are the kinds of characters we'd like to talk about yeah being up Oh, we, go ahead. We love layers of characters. Exactly. Jaina's complicated. And I think yes. a lot of fans are a little bit upset because she's so different from how she used to be. Yeah. But when you put it in the context of the things that she always would do, she's headstrong. She's independent. She's going to call it like it is, and she's going to follow through with it all the way. She's going to yeah. execute it. I mean, this is she... somebody who... Sorry. I... No, continue. Please continue. <laughs> That's going on like a little rift here. She's someone who would do anything for that mission and she has personally sacrificed so much so then Theramore so Thrall was the one who elevated Garrosh Hellscream to power and boy Thrall thought about a lot of people to succeed him as war chief he thought about Bane and thought well he's inexperienced but also he's not an orc and I really want an orc to succeed me Vulgen, eh, same well, thing but I don't know about a troll MMS. wasn't it Cairn? he thought about Cairn but, but he was too old it was the same with Sorfang. He also ended up dying. So that well, that was after Garrosh yeah. was uh, placed as war chief. That's true. Yes, that's so he he was supposed to kind of be there to be that counterbalance to Garrosh, but that didn't end up happening. Yeah. Um, and then he thought about Sorfang. We love Sorfang, but he was one too old, and two had just lost his son. Yes, that's that's true as well. Um, Sorfang had a lot going on for him at the time, and he straight um, up did not even trust Sylvanas and. Well, Vulgen did and elevated her to war chief once he died. But yeah. so he chose Garrosh because Garrosh was kind of like that really successful general. I mean, yeah, he just came back from the Northrend campaign. He came back from Olduar. He came back from, you know, taking down the Lich King. Everyone was praising Garrosh because here he is a Hellscream that redeemed the Hellscream name. Yes, that was, he was the, the guy. big thing. He captured the hearts and minds of his people. Sarfang, to a degree, had to kind of clean up some of his tactical blunders in Northrend, but Garrosh actually proved himself to be pretty effective. Although, he had a bit of a mouth on him, because he would just be talking oh, yeah. about the Alliance right to their faces at the Archon tournament. And honestly, not to go on too much about Garrosh, but, I mean, Jaina had met Garrosh previously. It, she had met him when both the Alliance and Horde have gone, had gone to Dalaran to speak to Ronan about Ulduar, the events of Ulduar. And That's if you true, remember, he was present. He was kind of brought along yes. because he was 
not the leader, but he was up and coming. Uh, absolutely. I mean, Jaina had seen him when Jaina and Ronan had called a conference with the Alliance and Horde. You know, they talked about it. Alliance and Horde wanted nothing to do with it. And, you know, Varian at the time wanted nothing to do with the Horde due to the events at the Wrathgate. That was a big thing for Jaina as well. She knew yeah, Bolvar for a long time. She did, but even when Wrathgate happened, which was a bit actual, straight-up, real betrayal of a part of a faction of the Horde, she still advocated for peace. Mm-hmm. She still she tried to cool Varian's... She still wanted it. Yes, she wanted to cool Varian's jets, and she kind of brought him back down. So we're going to get back, I guess, to her relationships. So that that that's really was her relationship to, and, uh, for, to Varian. She was always an advisor, someone who could kind of talk him down when he was ready to just take his swords and stab things. But Anduin... You mentioned it earlier, nephew. I mean, she, Anduin, and this is this is super important because recently there was an interaction in the game between Jaina and Anduin that kind of stabbed at me a little bit, right, right in the chest, right mm-hmm. in the heart. Yeah, they I, were so close. They were so close. She was the one that he confided in a lot about kind of how insecure he was about not being just like his dad and relating to his dad, mm-hmm. and she would make tea for him and they'd kind of just sit down and talk. She'd hear him out. She'd also kind of, you know, do that necessary smack him around a little, this is what you need to do kind of thing. Yeah. She Um, was so important to him. And she encouraged him to make friends with Bane. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that actually led to a lot for Bane, too. Um, Magni had given Anduin a dwarven mace of a very well-known relic. I can't remember the name of it. I think it was the Hopebringer or something of the sort like that. Something like that. I can't remember um, the exact name. It, it's still the weapon that he uses. You could actually, I believe, see it. Bane using it in the um, the um, cinematics for the Legion for when they're on the beach. I think you could see that. I, and I know in the artwork that Bane has, you could see it as well. Yes, Bane carries this with him. That was a significant moment for Bane, too. Yes. I, honestly, I think Bane is going to have a lot of character development for Legion, and that's and I'm really looking forward to that. But again, we're focusing on Jaina. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I could go off and talk about Garrosh, Varian, Bane, so but... These characters are important because Jaina was the common denominator. She impacted them mm-hmm. in so many different ways. And so Anduin, she, he really did implicitly trust her. And I say did because... I'm thinking that's not going to be a thing anymore. So yeah. now we're going to start talking about sort of the changes that have occurred in Jaina. I mean, she went yeah. from somebody who, even at the moments like the Wrathgate, she'd be like, no, we need the Horde. We need to bring everybody together and we're going to fight all the bad guys. Yeah. But. I mean, honestly, the one of the, from going on from that point and Jaina being in uh, Ice Crown, one one of the big points that I think started to break her down from this peaceful girl was actually the Frozen Halls. Um, and not breaking her down from her alliance with the Horde, but, I mean, Jaina confronting Arthas and fighting against him and everything like that, you know, she led a suicide squad into the heart of Ice Crown itself and the Frozen Halls with multiple people, you know, um, many who had died and then facing up against Arthas himself and then having to run from him and just having to have help to take down her for, you know, I'm just going to say former lover. I mean, 
they were very much in touch, her and Arthas. So they were. There was an entire book that kind of explored that relationship. Absolutely. They also were friends. Yeah. Before they actually got together. So I mean, Jaina went through a lot, breaking her down and everything like that. You had the events of Ice Crown, you know, helping kill her former lover. I mean, and one of the big things too, I think, um, that's very. It's a very small subject in regards to Jaina, but um, there was a manga called Legends, and one of the titles of the Legends ones, uh, I forget which book specifically, because there was one to five. Uh, Ari can tell you more about that. <laughs> yeah, that's a running joke. Kanta gave me all of his comic books and manga, and I was supposed to bring them to the wedding last weekend when we all met up in Philly. Gee, and I totally caught again. I did. You did. And you were you were good. You texted me the morning that we were going to leave. You, and I called you. you were yes, you did. I... It's my fault. I'm sorry. I know really, it's your fault. Sorry, I felt like crap. We were one hour into the Pennsylvania Turnpike. We couldn't turn around. But oh, now we're digressing again. Yeah, with, with but, Jaina, she. You're right. That that was a really big moment for her, where it kind of tested her metal a bit, and it yeah. did shake her. You could definitely hear it in her voice. But she overcame it. She was ready, and Cataclysm. She was completely focused well, to take down get, something. Before we get too much in Cataclysm, I want to go over the events of the Nightmare actually real quick, because it's a really cool thing with Jaina. Go for it. And I don't know if you read it. The nightmare. You should. Yeah, the nightmare uh, story. So I have to not go for it. It. You have the book. You might as well go read it after we read this or do this podcast. There's so many books so, that I actually do need to catch up on. No, I'm not dude, kidding. You have them for an extended period of time now. Again, this is very. <laughs> but um, in the Legends Nightmare one, there's three stories that take place. Uh, one of them was Magni's, one of them was Mistral's, but the Jaina's one probably hit home the largest. She knew of the events in her dream of what, what was going to happen to Arthas, and she didn't want it to happen. So here you have the events of Stratholm, and she actually assisted in Arthas in purging Stratholm because she wanted to protect him. Then she followed him up to Northrend to protect him. Ended up killing Muradin to protect him. To you know, because she's trying to preserve Arthas's life, she's trying to save him because she knows in the dream version of herself what's going to happen to him. So when they finally get to, you know, the the Frostmourne Cavern cave, you know, she read the warning. She knew what was going to happen. And when Arthas was about to touch the blade, Malganus attacks him, and Jaina in the book, in the manga, in her dream had no other option but to pick up the Frostmourne and defend him and kill um, the Dreadlord um, Melganus and actually in her dream became the Lich Queen is this still canon? It's, it's a dream it was the Emerald Nightmare dream when the Emerald Nightmare was invading the mortal realm it, that, this was the event that actually took place in canon the, the manga is still canon Awesome. I'm definitely going to read this story then. It, it kind of goes to what lengths Jaina will go to. Yeah. To defend somebody. Yeah, so that was a really key thing. That This was during the events prior to the Cataclysm, when the Emerald Dream was kind of becoming more and more of a thing, and the events of the Emerald Nightmare, I think it was Storm Rage that this kind of coincided with at the same time, because that's when Malfurion uh, started awaking and everything like that. But this was prior to the Cataclysm. But it was such a great read. It's probably like maybe 
three, four pages for Jaina's section alone, but it's still very, very awesome. But, uh, I mean, going to the events of the Cataclysm, you have the events of, you know, the elemental invasion and everything like that. You know, Jaina helped Stormwind defend. You have the shattering to happen, which was a big thing for Jaina as well. Um, I mean, not to rush through them all, but between that time, it was a lot of books that Jaina actually partook in all the way up to, um, you know, Tides of War. She was in the Shattering Prelude. She was in Wolfheart. She was in Blood Out of Her Fathers, which was a short story. Um, she was not the main character in no, any of these, no, no, but she was still an important she was, character. She was very, she was very much an important role in all of those, just for the fact that she was, she stood by Theramore, she stood by the Alliance, and she stood by Varian Rin. But then you had the events of Theramore, which was probably the biggest turn for Jaina's character in her life, even yeah, so more here's so, so than her killing her own father. Exactly. So, okay, in that manga story that you just described, which I'm going to probably read after this, she would she goes to any lengths to save her people. And they, they tend to be lengths that are very self-sacrificing. Mm-hmm. She will become the Lich Queen in order to prevent Arthas from falling. Things like that. So, there are more happens. And it just seems to be one of those, after all I've done, after all I've sacrificed, after all the cats I've been hurting all of these years... Everything I've done was for nothing. Yeah. I mean... That's probably her headspace right now, along with so many more things. The artwork on the front of Tides of War, me and me and Ari were talking about this prior to recording. It stands to be, both of ours, one of our favorite pieces of art in general. I mean, it definitely is for me because it captures such an image of Jaina. And you just see her screaming under the water. You see how her hair has changed color. You see what turmoil has gone on in her face. Exactly. I've been looking for a high-resolution version of this to actually use for the cover of this podcast. It captures perfectly that moment of just utter devastation, rage, disbelief, that major change that occurred within her. Jaina's still there. She's not the Jaina that we used to know, but yet she also still is. I, that, that person that will do anything to make things right again, in her mind, to make things right again, it is to get rid of the Horde. In her yeah. mind, after all that's happened, the Horde is in the wrong. Perhaps she regrets sacrificing her father and allowing the Horde to actually make a home on this world. Yeah. There's, she doesn't talk to Thrall anymore. We do know that much. Yeah. I mean, not since the events prior to... Uh, to um... Uh, but there's one line in the entire Tides of War book that probably has that one moment where Jaina takes her views of the Horde and Alliance being at peace and it just does a 180 and I'd like to quote it real quick just because it's so it, 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 Christy Golden paints a perfect picture for it she then came to the corpse of Kennedy when she touched her shoulder to turn the body over, the young gnome's body, infused with arcane energy, crumbled into violet dust. It was at this moment losing someone so bright and full of promise that made Gina snap. Let that sink in for yeah. just one second there. I mean, with all the events of the Horde, with the focusing Iris turned into the Mana Bomb, you know, with the, the, you know, the death of her long-term, you know, body card pained with the death of Ronan having to consult you know uh, Verisa uh, a mourning wife with two 
twin children, you know, to the events that followed shortly of Jaina actually trying to flood Orgrimmar and take away countless lives that had been taken away from her. She was done at this point. You know, that path to peace that she'd fought so hard for, in her mind, it no longer was possible. And Garrosh Hellscream was most definitely the culprit. So yeah. she went to Orgrimmar and she, yeah, she flooded it. She went for it. It was a scary moment, actually. And she very well could have been successful had people not intervened. She also had told Thrall that it would be a very long time, if ever, before she could ever call Thrall friend again. And when you think about it, Thrall was the one. He had multiple choices to elevate someone to war chief, but he chose. Yeah, he chose. Garrosh Hellscream. Garrosh, yep. So, I mean, a lot happened to Jaina <laughs> in the a course lot. of maybe what might have been three weeks up into the events of Theramore being bombed. I mean, with the, the word of Horde coming in and everything like that. They knew war was coming, and oh, she... Yeah doing everything she could to prevent it from just breaking out everywhere. Yeah, and then you know, Caligos was trying to reason with her the entire time. Thrall was trying to reason with her. You know, it was very hard time for Jaina, and honestly, I mean, in her, looking from her perspective, what, I mean, it's almost like, what would you do in if you were in her shoes? You you wouldn't know what to do. You would want revenge for the lives that Garrosh and the Horde had taken. So it's it, it, it. I mean, not to take away the joy and fun of this podcast, but Jaina is just such a case where her character has fallen so far and continues to fall. She is the word fall though. No, no, I'm actually straight up asking. Is she really falling? I do think so because I don't I don't know if you'd use fall, but I think you would use begin to unravel. I that's think that, actually I think a better one, yes. I think because... that's a better yeah, that's definitely a better choice to go with because Jaina who had everything that she knew, everything that she had was right in the world got taken away from her every perspective and everything that she once knew was now gone um you know she went to Dalaran and started killing and evac well not evacuating but killing and removing every single Cinderai and horde from Dalaran she took Dalaran back for the alliance yep for the fact that Ronin was now dead due to blood elves she exacted her vengeance in whatever way she could, she she really did, and it was she a went savage. Just how powerful! She, yeah, she is very, very powerful. And that what one reason why I really like the the word unraveling is because unraveling kind of brings that imagery of a tapestry, you know, a, a ta- something that's wi- woven together, yeah. and it creates this image of a person. But when it unravels, you still have all those things left. You have all that string left. A new tapestry is being woven for her. Yeah, the the Jaina that we knew is is kind of still there but unraveling and being remade into something new yeah and this new jaina has a lot of that sa- the same personality traits coupled with she's going to now do whatever it takes to exact her vengeance on the horde but her motivation isn't just getting at the horde this was a recent event in the game she doesn't only want the horde she wants to be right yeah she wants to be the one that says at that moment told you so yeah she, and she very well might have that moment because Sylvanas is war chief, and either Sylvanas oh, yeah. is going to continue down her shadowy 
lich queen-ish path or she's going to become the high ranger high ranger general that she was it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Sylvanas and Jaina because Jaina was there for no she wasn't actually she no she was but she wasn't in the cinematic she knew that the that the horde turned away but obviously her and Jen Greymane don't know the reason they don't know that the horde was getting overwhelmed on the ledges above but she does know that the Syl- Sylvanas and the Horde just kind of pieced and kind of left them, you know, high and dry. Shortly after Varian died. But not to go too much into that, because I'd like to go into the unraveling a little bit more into the next episode of Flashcast, because there's so much to go over for Jaina. Yes, we. Um, I guess we're here. We were just laying down the foundation, because yeah. there are a lot of fans that kind of talk about how this isn't Jaina. Oh, she's, she's a dreadlord. She's a dreadlord. Yeah, there are so many. Oh my goodness! I love that theory just because it's so. It it's, it's well done in terms of kind of connecting events and how her personality has changed and everything like that, and how the Legion actually comes in on someone who's weakened men- mentally and physically and stressed and takes the best. But yeah, the Legion I'm, always comes to you at your yes, lowest. At your They're lowest, always um, recruiting. But, I mean, she's definitely not. That that has been confirmed several times by multiple Blizzard devs. Obviously, with the fact that demon hunters have uh, demonic fell vision, you could kind of see when someone's a demon, and that has been confirmed that she is not a demon. So, ha! Yeah, sorry to burst your public I guys. love no, that theory, but I hate people take Although, it seriously. Watch, they make her a dreadlord, and we're like, oh. I could see maybe after this point of her getting corrupted by the Legion or something like that, and that's my theory. I think we are going to see her as maybe an endgame boss because there was a quote I read before Ari and I started recording as well that every villain in the Warcraft universe that we have fought so far has been a corrupted hero, a hero that has fallen. That's actually what makes me fear for Jaina because mm-hmm. sometimes World of Warcraft kind of flubs this just a little bit. And that's the writing of Jaina has been a little rocky at times. I there feel are like two it's events pretty on point, though, that happened in game point. recently that one of them kind of made me go, huh? Yeah. So the, the two events are, and I'm actually going to go through the, the one that happened chronologically second, I'm going to talk about first is you go to Dalaran, Cadgar's there with you, and he says, I need, you know, I need to talk to the Council of Six, and I also may upset an old friend. Yeah. And we, I mean, we know exactly who he's going to upset. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, too, that we hadn't covered in Jaina's past, either because it's so well-known or it's just so minor of a thing. But for the key events that we did speak of, those are big turning points. I mean... They are. Yeah, exactly. Cadgar proposes to bring the Horde back to the Kirin Tor. Mm-hmm. Jaina says oh. flat out, no. Yeah. When the vote comes and she her opinion is overruled, she just leaves. Yeah. We'll, she we'll, straight up leaves. We'll definitely go more into further of... Uh, oh, no, no, no. Don't stop it just yet. I wanted to talk about the Anduin scene. Well, no, don't, in, in contrast. Well, or do you want we to gonna hold s- off into that next episode? Huh? Do you want to hold that one off to the I next episode? I think we episode? should hold it because we still haven't gone uh, into Mr. Pindaria events with Jaina uh, yet. Okay, so we'll talk about those scenes that have been happening in the game in the next episode and, and why it seemed a little bit odd, but I, it comes down to Jaina's relationship with Anduin. And, and that that's actually a change that I'm really sad to see. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to have to read War Crimes before I have to read next episode because <laughs> she has a lot going on in War Crimes. For a second in War Crimes, it almost seems like she's going to come to terms with what happened yeah. there more and, and sort of the role of the Horde. But it's clear from the game that it's it's going to come to a head. For a little while, she's been spinning her wheels on this because... well. 
I actually had this thought this morning. Willard's Draenor has been described as sort of a filler expansion. And if you think about the very end of Missa Pandaria, when Jaina is egging Varian on to kill, like, to kill the Horde right then and there. To kill Garrosh, and then kill Thrall, kill, kill whoever's in that room. She's egging him on. Think about that scene, skip everything that happened in Warlords of Draenor, and then go to the scenes that are currently happening in the game right now. Yeah. She's still in that space. She's yeah. still exactly there. She wants the Horde to go down. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess then we'll talk about a lot of the current stuff in the, in the next in the next podcast because it's I, I really I'm super eager to talk about it. I know I, really I am can. too. Honestly, it's going to be good. It's going to be a fun podcast to record, and I I might have to read more crimes. I might I might have to just finish up Shadows of the Horde and rush through war crimes. I'm going to read that manga that you mentioned, and I'm also going to catch up on a couple things as well. But I, yeah. really, ultimately, we wanted to provide context to Jaina and why she's acting the way she is right now. Yeah, Blizzard isn't always perfect or impeccable when it comes to big changes in characters. Jaina does make sense. It's just difficult because a lot of her development also happened, for lack of better words, off screen. And by that, I mean not in the game. Yeah, agreed. Um, but yeah, I mean, for Jaina's rise and unraveling, I mean, we're going to split this up into two separate flashcasts because there's so much about Jaina we could go on with. And the events of Pandaria leading to Warlords, leading the Legion, that's something that we're really excited to talk about. And we really want to hear what you guys have to tell us with uh, Jaina as well. So if you guys have any questions or any additions that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get a chance to talk to, I know we didn't even talk about uh, End Time with Jaina's appearance there. Um, she appears in so many things. She does. That, she, that's why her Wikipedia so article is so long. Um, <laughs> she's can, one of the we, most recognizable characters in video is. games. When you I'm, see Jane, you're like, oh, it's Jane of Proudmoore. She's in some Blizzard game yeah, somewhere. Again, she's Hearthstone, Heroes games. of the Storm. Exactly. Everything so I guess like then we'll, we'll conclude, but and we'll pick her up next time. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I'm I'm very excited. and I'm, I have War Crimes already purchased. It, I just need to read it. So. Yeah, it's so many novels. No, oh it, God, you're so right. Books. I, I enjoy cool. the books. I especially enjoy Christy Golden books. Um, super excited that Michael Stackpole has joined the Warcraft writers because I loved him. That's what I'm reading right Squadron now. Back in the day. Work. Yeah, it's um, good stuff. We Christy should do the Golden, lore challenge. If you're listening, oh, contact us. <laughs> Very unlikely, yeah. but if anything, I'll be in contact with you because I would really like to have Christy Golden or Michael Stackpole or any other author that really does any Blizzard work. I mean, even even Michael Knock, I'd take or Richard Knock. Michael Knock. Michael Knock. <laughs> you mean Richard? Richard Knock. Yes, that's who I mean. Um, it. I mean, I would just really love to just kind of poke and prod their brain just to get like what they go through and put themselves in the thoughts of like Jaina and all the other characters that they wrote about. Exactly. Yeah. And I think one of the best authors when it comes to Jaina is Christy Golden. Oh, she absolutely. She, she did an amazing job with Jaina, Arthur. She knows how to write backgrounds for characters. Exactly. She will get into the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put out the lore challenge and really Jaina's background. I, I don't want to say tragic because that makes her sound like some kind of victim. Jaina's, a very strong person. She oh, yeah. really is. She, she's got some grit to her, and she's got some gumption to, to use like an old-fashioned term. She she makes it through so much. Oh yeah, she she's been through a lot. She really, yes, yeah, exactly. Headstrong, and she's made 
she just it's amazing that she's gone through what she has and, and yeah. been the character that she has and that Theramore was that one thing that broke her and but the Lord Challenge is actually something a little more lighthearted to kind of talk about a part of Jaina that we don't get to see too often anymore Lord Challenge answer this in the comments we have uh, multiple things if you get five lore challenges you can record a bumper for the show you can even be a guest um, we also uh, what? oh small prizes from the Battle.net shop as well yes remember. have so at just, my wallet have at Kanta's wallet there you go so guys here's the lore challenge for this time a little more lighthearted in sort of the to contrast the, the depth and the heaviness that we had in the show what's Jaina's favorite thing to eat I know this I know you do so what is Jaina's favorite thing to eat. It's actually going to be a little bit of an easier question, but we're going to kind of take it easier this week and probably have something more challenging next time. Now, if I get five Lorecast challenges right, does that mean I get to buy something for myself? I actually was going to say that (laughs) you actually can't be on the show. Like, you get, like, the opposite effect? I can't be on the show. (laughs) If you get five Lorecast challenges, you can't be on the show. I get to take a break for a week. Actually, then you're going to be like, oh boy. Okay. <laughs> I better start answering. Yeah, exactly. I think I think we covered it all. We'll, we'll come back to Jaina next week. She's more than deserving of more than one podcast. You know what I just thought of, too? Is when we record next week's episode, we'll actually be in Legion. Yeah, exactly. And it just makes me wonder, what new... So I talked about the Council of Six scene and the Anduin scene. I'm so eager to talk about that Anduin scene. Oh, yeah. But we're probably going to get more. Yeah, we're going to get a lot on our plates, so if we bounce around with several flashcasts before we get a, an actual full episode... This was actually a long flashcast, I just want to add. It's just, because of Jaina. Yes, Jaina, you freaking long-winded, blonde, long-winded. <laughs> white-haired person. Long She's actually not long-winded. No, not, not at all. Word I used to- describe her like someone she's just got a lot to talk about and honestly it's i mean it's not a bad thing that she has a lot it just means she has a lot of death as a character which is great she does she truly does so we're looking this we're actually recording this on saturday before um the tuesday of launch so it's it's august 27th right now but um the the the, the tuesday of launch the the tuesday of launch the launch uh, August 30th will be when Legion comes out yeah. and we will we'll pick up Jaina again we'll talk about um, the more recent events with her mm-hmm. our predictions and again put it in the context of where she's been yeah I'm gonna be where speeding gonna through go. my books as quick as I can with the Legion coming out too it's coming I have so much to read <laughs> you have homework better get on that <sighs> I have homework too yeah you we do but right. guys we're good yes I think we're good do you want to do the closing I'll do the closing. Okay. You can do it next time since uh, uh, you did the opening this time. Yeah, we'll switch off. It's all good. Uh, all right. So, guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate your viewing, your listening, and everything you guys do for us. From following us on Twitter to liking us on Facebook to even talking to us in-game. We love to hear feedback. So, please, in any way possible, whether it's on the website, whether it's on iTunes, give us a rating. Give us a holler. We love five stars. Five stars are the best stars. I just want to put that out there. But, Kanta loves his stars. Yes. And also, I mean, drop us a line on the site, on Twitter, on Facebook. I mean, if you know us on Earth and Ring, you know that we're open to whispers. I mean, Ari is a little bit busier than I am, but honestly, if you like the podcast, shoot us a message. Be like, hey, I really love this. Thank you guys for everything you do. Because... <laughs> 
Kate is looking for some. I'm looking uh, for some feedback. I love feedback on this stuff. I mean, I do this for fun, but I absolutely love to hear that people are like, hey, what you do is awesome. Obviously, we're looking forward to expanding more and more. You know, we want to get out there, get more known by separate servers and everything like that. So if you're from a different server, Moonguard, Scarlet Crusade, any other roleplay server, you know, give us a shout. Be like, hey, you know, we have these awesome events and awesome backstory on this server. Tell us about it. We love that. Yeah, we really would. We so, would absolutely love that. And we'd love to talk about, you know, your characters and your roleplay experience and everything that you have to offer. So let us know. Let us know. <laughs> We're waiting to hear from you. So here we, we are. are. We we are out on Twitter. Standing by and, now. And waiting for those phone calls. This is like a little 90s <laughs> pledge drive. <laughs> a little rotary phone. They were still kind of oh, around God. then. Okay, so follow us on Twitter at ERLorecast. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com uh, Facebook.com Facebook.com <laughs> Facebook.com slash the Lorecast. We're also on Tumblr as well. And we post little RP prompts because we want to read some of the fiction on air that people write. We talk a lot about the lore characters, but we do it to kind of be a resource for mm -hmm. people to create their characters in this universe. And we're also, if you're not listening to us on iTunes, we are on iTunes as well. So we are in that, we are pretty much as spread out as we can right now. And I mean, if you know other ways to like get our word out there, feel free to let us know about that too. But I feel like we have a pretty good grasp on the social media, uh, the Twitter spear and everything like that. The Twitter spear? Yeah. You haven't heard Twitter spear before? Spear? The spear. The Twitter spear. Yeah. Not the Twitter sphere? Shut up. I had to. I'm sorry. No, you're mean. Here. I'm closing the podcast. Guys, thank you That's so much for listening. Wow Don't mention... An artifact. Okay, huh? sorry. What? Don't be a butthole like Ari over here. <laughs> I am being a butthole. So, thank you. Uh, so, instead of double-bladed battle axes this year, we'll give, every give everyone Twitter spears. I'm going to give... Never mind. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> thank you for listening, guys. I'll boot up the ass. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks. I'm Kanta. This is Ari. This is Ari. Looking forward to have you guys listen to us next time. You guys enjoy your week. Enjoy the Legion launch. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.